You're listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve quality of life within the communities we serve. This episode's hosts are Jeff Walters and Nicole Church. The Department of Natural Resources, Fish and Wildlife Service, Army Corps of Engineers, EPA, and then State Historical Preservation Offices are all going to have their chance at reviewing these types of projects. Whether it's for funding or just simply for permitting, there's going to be a high level of involvement. And what we historically like to do is get them involved early. Let them know what we're doing, how we want to do it, and the approximate time frame so that they can tell us how long it's going to take and what they may need for their review process. And when Jeff says early, we mean preliminary design because if we need an individual permit from the Corps of Engineers, it takes over a year. If we need a Department of Natural Resource floodplain permit, that takes at least six months. So definitely want to get our plans in front of the agencies as soon as we can, even if they change. That way they're aware of what we're proposing early on and we can understand their requirements for permitting. Right. Once we get through that concept and preliminary design phase, we have the opportunity then to meet with these agencies again, submit our applications for 404 and floodplain permits. The other thing we wanted to do early, especially with some of these bigger, older dams, is get our cultural resources investigations completed. That's right and get that information submitted to SHPO as soon as possible. Uh, A lot of these big dams are well over 50 years old. They may have some historical context to the community. And because they have a historical context to the community or they were uniquely built or designed, they may be eligible to be on the, the National Register of Historic Places. We found that out with the city of Fort Dodge and Shippo under with, with un, the hydroelectric with the hydroelectric dam, correct? They were understanding that the dam needed to be removed, but their purview is recognition and preservation of historic sites. And the hydroelectric dam, you know, being about 100 years old, was a, a modern industrial success. It provided a lot of context of the community. It served great community purpose. There's Hydroelectric Park right next to it. Right. I mean, there's just a multitude of layers with that type of project where if you can't get SHPO concurring early on or figure out a way for mitigation, they have the opportunity to shut you down. They mean well, but they're, they're trying to protect their asset. So, you know, SHPO and the Corps of Engineers and EPA, they're going to work concurrently at that federal level because of the federal laws, and, and they need to be in that process. Right, and that's just it. Same thing with Fish and Wildlife Service in Section 7. They're going to take their time to review all species under their purview, whether it's Threatened Endangered Species Act or fish, mussels, invertebrates. There's several factors that they could take into consideration. And DNR if it is on an unnamed stream, uh, you might have to get sovereign lands to review. Correct. You might have to get their own threatened endangered species office involved to complete a biological survey. They want their data as well. So if it is a larger dam, you're probably going to have more permitting hoops to jump through than if it was a, a private dam. You still have permitting that you need to complete. But usually a private dam is on a smaller system, such as an ephemeral or intermittent channel or a farm pond. Right. 
So if we can get these organizations, regulatory agencies, uh, the applicant, which could be a city, county, private landowner, we can get them at the table and develop that partnership and relationships with everyone, we're going to have much, much greater success. And and that's that's at all levels, you know, lo- local, state, federal, the consultant and the, the applicant. And don't forget the community. And don't forget the community, <laughs> of course. So Nicole briefly discussed the permitting process. We're going to need more than likely a 404 permit from the Corps of Engineers. We're going to likely need a floodplain permit from the state. Could need local floodplain permits from a city or county if they have a jurisdiction. We want to complete that permitting process in between our preliminary design and final design. We don't want to do it too early because if there's big changes in the preliminary design, we may have to go back and and ask for a change within the permits. And we don't want to do it too late in the final design because that doesn't afford these regulatory agencies the opportunity to really comment, provide feedback, and maybe interject some thoughts that make the project more successful. Right. And removal is is a great option. It's generally the, the best option because you're retaining or you're getting the watershed back to its pre-construction condition, your original flows, uh, restoring that floodplain. But there's certainly the opportunity for modification and, and that's where we come into play. We want to look at the system. We want to look at the dam. We want to make sure that there's options. Whether it's full removal or modification, design and permitting and construction, are all there. Each one of those is a component of both processes. The only difference is with modification, a portion of the dam remains in stream. Right. And there's got to be just cause. That's right. For either situation, whether it's for removal or the modification. For Fort Dodge, it's important to also mention that while SHPO did require us to leave a portion of the dam in place for historical significance, it also saved on construction costs. So while that did take additional permitting time, we were afforded that amount of savings with the contractor. We didn't have to remove that section of the dam. Yeah, and I've gone through this type of permitting for dam removal projects or wetland delineations, stream delineations for about 20 years now. And I've had a 100% success rate and I don't find it to be that challenging as long as we all come together you know, the regulatory community, as well as the applicant and the consultant. And there's a general consensus and understanding that here's what we want to do. And on these types of projects, the Corps of Engineers and, and DNR are, are really willing to take that extra step because they understand the importance of dam removal. While they may not explicitly state that you know it's for safety, they know there's this big time safety issue. They also recognize the high, high benefit to water quality and just restoring that watershed. To elaborate on what Jeff said, it's not difficult. It is time consuming. Part of our job is to be the in-between between the agencies and our client. Our client doesn't need to know the Clean Water Act in order to get a permit from the Corps of Engineers. That's our job. We will work with the agencies to get your project approved, to get that permit in place in a timely manner so we can move forward with construction at an appropriate season, which for dam removal is usually in the winter. It is very important for us to to get in front of those agencies early so that they can understand our project and, and what we're trying to accomplish. 
Thank you for listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve quality of life within the communities we serve. Find content related to this episode on snyder-associates.com.